0: Hot Lava Podcast. Kevin Ac, Padres beat writer for the Union Tribune. Jay Posner, sports editor, of the Union Tribune. Jay, Padres Dodgers. I, I can't believe it. Nine games to go. Padres are playing the Dodgers, and both of these teams have things to play for. Even the Dodgers have a few, you know, need a few more wins to lock down World Series home field advantage.
1: Yeah, I mean, not for. I was going to say they don't have very much to play for, but they'll probably get it just by accident uh, in terms of what they're uh, in terms of what they're playing for. And uh, beyond that, the Padres have a lot to play for them. Are we down to six
0: now, Kevin? Refresh my memory on the Yes, the Magic number is six. Dropped two on Sunday. Um, Now, we can talk about that their Magic number to get the number five seed over the Phillies is nine. But, look, these guys need to get into the playoffs. I happen to think that being the number six seed is the better way to go, playing the Cardinals, uh, avoiding the Dodgers for as long as possible. But, yes, any combination of six Padres victories and uh, Brewers losses – We'll get the Padres in the playoffs.
1: Right. And the Padres, of course, play the Dodgers the next three nights. And I guess if if all goes well, um, the Padres could be clinching on Thursday night. I don't think I'd put a lot of money on that. It um, would
0: obviously take so. a sweep. And then it would take the Brewers losing two to the Cardinals, which, okay, sure. And yeah. then um, losing on... Uh, what? We're Thursday. These Monday Thursday. off days very rare. Throw me off. So Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It would take the Brewers then losing to uh, the Marlins in the uh, opener of a of a series against them. They close. Padres close. Dodgers, White Sox, Giants at home. Brewers close all at home against two against the Cardinals, three or four against the Marlins and three against the Diamondbacks. Don't lose heart. If it gets down to that, the Diamondbacks took, I believe it was three or four or two or three from the Brewers uh, last month. Right.
1: And uh, still, you've pointed out in your newsletter every day what it would take for all this to happen. And the, the, the Padres would really, really, really have to fall apart here. It seems like it's more likely that it would happen over the weekend, maybe against the White Sox. Uh, the good thing is that the Padres are, I, although I haven't looked at game times and everything for the weekend, but the Padres might be able to clinch on the field at Petco Park, uh, which would be a nice thing. And, and it seems a little weird. It's like, oh, yay, we clinched the third wild card type of thing. But, when you know, and, and there are some franchises, including the one 100 miles north, that would scoff at that. But you know what? When you haven't been to the playoffs in a full season since 2006 – I think you're allowed to celebrate whatever you want to celebrate here. And and nobody should should you know, it's kind of like I, I laugh sometimes at these colleges that storm the field at college football games when they beat a team and it's like, you should beat that team. You were favored to beat that team, you know, that kind of that kind of thing. Sometimes it's it's circumstance. And the circumstances right now, the Padres and their fans deserve a celebration. It would be nice to see them do it. At Petco Park on a game where when the Padres win, it matters that it's not something where at 7.53, the scoreboard puts up that the Brewers lost a game uh, and now the Padres are are in the playoffs. I, I think everybody would have more fun if, uh, if it went the other way. Although, let's face it, if it takes backing in, if that's the only way that it's going to happen, then I think Padre fans
0: will take it. I knew your logic was going to get you there. Because, because look, if it's good to get in, it's good to get in. You're, you're absolutely correct. How you know It would be a little weird. But then when you take the context of 162 games, look, there was some loss somewhere that got you in. There was some win somewhere that got you in. You got enough wins to get into uh, the playoffs. And this whole um, – look, this is a life lesson, folks. We should have a graphic for that for when I drop a life lesson. <laughs> I talk a lot about expectations. Comparison. Is a huge problem here. This franchise is not the Dodgers. This franchise has not been to the playoffs in a full season since after the 2006 season. This they they went in 2020. Two things: fans weren't there. Number one, and number two, it was a 60 game season. And the further we're away from that, the more I discount it. But you know, hey, congratulations, 2020 Padres. But this is like a real pennant race, and they got in. Who? It just doesn't matter. I think it's a. I think it's a huge celebration. It really is, and hopefully it lasts uh, or it comes soon enough that they have time to then recover and 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 get back. It's not like um, Wednesday night. They take this all the way down to the wire. Um, but as you pointed out, like go ahead and check out the graph I have. The graphs I put in every day. It would really take something like the Brewers, even the Brewers going nine and zero. Oh, uh, the Padres need to go six and three at that point,
1: right? Which I'm
0: I'm not sure how
1: much faith I would put in the Padres going six and
0: three, but, but this isn't I, the Padres of August any or early September anymore, right? But
1: I, but I would also put no faith in the Brewers going nine and oh, even it's though they have all their fair. games at home. Uh, it's just not something that that you would expect uh, expect to happen. So as you said, it would be good to get it over with. First of all, it'd be good for it to happen. Second, it would be good to get it over with. Uh, for recovery time, and also to be able to set up the rotation. You know the way that things are set up now, I believe that that you Darvish would pitch on either Tuesday or Wednesday yeah. of next week. Uh, and the idea would be to not have Darvish have to make that start. Right. You know that he will pitch most likely Thursday against the Dodgers. I think they they have not named a pitcher. It's Andrew Heaney's turn to to pitch. Uh, Kershaw would be on regular rest. Uh, Heaney would be getting one extra day. I would think they would go with the guy with the extra day, just because that's how they should do it at this point. I mean, someone like Kershaw, if you're the Dodgers, should get an extra day. And the Dodgers are starting to run out of pitching. Who
0: knows? Bit. Maybe the pot. Yeah, the Dodgers. It is. I can't keep up there. They've taken quite a few hits, but who knows? Maybe they're going to do a bullpen day. Maybe both teams are waiting to see what happens over the next couple of days. I, I right. Yeah, the the Padres. Everyone that I've talked to has just mentioned, like casually, Darvish is starting on Thursday, but they have not officially yeah. named Darvish as their starter.
1: No, the key is for Darvish to pitch not to is to pitch Thursday and then not start again until the following Friday, which is the uh, which is the playoff opener. Uh, you know whether it's in St. Louis or New York or Atlanta, but the idea would be for him to not have to pitch against San Francisco next week. Uh, so we'll see what happens. The Padres, it's funny. I mean, you know, we last talked on Friday on here and what was going to happen at Coors Field. And sure enough, the first game at Coors Field was a typical Padres game at Coors Field. And it turned out to be a nightmare for the Padres. And they lost. And then the next night, they were off to a really slow start. And it was almost like, boy, are they going to blow? The... It almost looked for a minute like they were, they would blown two games of their four-game lead in just two nights uh they were losing again at colorado i think that was the night darvish pitched and gave up the home run right away the padres couldn't get any hits off chad cool who they had had bombed all three games he had pitched this year was just starting to have that sense of here we go again and the padres pulled themselves out of it had a big explosion late in saturday's game uh sunday's game basically scored almost throughout it got a little a little shaky i guess at seven five but of course. Manny Machado came up with a three-run homer and continues to impress, or should be impressing people who vote on the MVP. And we'll see what happens over the rest of the time. But all of a sudden, the Padres are back in that position where they're in good shape. And even against the Dodgers, the next few nights, you know, we'll see how the Dodgers play it uh, over these uh, games. But you would expect that the Padres are be-, be in pretty good position right now.
0: And it's it's weird because like. In the context of these games like you you want to say it only matters that they that they win right but i'm looking at the dodgers and i'm going like first off i don't think the dodgers care how this series goes the padres could sweep them and the dodgers would be like okay whatever i mean yeah yeah i think it's important for the padres to take a couple here i just do i i you're if you if your goal is to get past the dodgers which it is. It's to get into the playoffs. Okay, fine. The Dodgers have absolutely destroyed you. This is the first <laughs> time all season that it's not the first time Darvish is pissed again. I'm mean, not the first time Snell, not the first time Musgrove, but it's the first time the Padres kind of, they did something to sort of have it be, okay, cool. The uh, We're going Snell, Musgrove, Darvish, our top three right, right. now um, right. are going against the Dodgers. I They're playing better. Uh, I think it was important what they did at Coors Field, obviously for the victories, uh, to lower that magic number, but to to get over that, to to show themselves, hey, this is different. You can say Coors Field, yes, the Rockies are terrible. The Rockies did a few things that just, besides their pitching, that showed you, oh, that's why they're the Rockies. Right. Um, they're just not a very good team. They're young. I think they started like four rookies, uh, two of the games. It was just not, not a good team, but Coors Field. So I think it's important that the Padres – have over these past nine games backed up the things that they've said like we're a different team because i think all year we were just rolling our eyes you know <laughs> at, at some of the things that they were saying because that's fine i'm not blaming you for saying them but you haven't really backed up anything that you've said that you were going to be and here they finally look like a team that we can have faith in that they're actually going to win
1: right and the and we also should point out that the dodgers have two really good pitchers uh, actually, yes. the Dodgers are going to throw three lefties in this series, almost without question, uh, since yes. that's about all, almost all they have right now that are healthy with with Dustin May getting hurt and Gonsolin still out. Uh, but they have um, Tyler Anderson pitching tonight and Julio Urias, who might be the NLCI Young winner, uh, pitching tomorrow night. And then Thursday, like I said, either Haney or uh, Kershaw will pitch. So it's a big test for the Padres uh throwing three left handers means bob melvin should not be tempted in any way shape or form put trent grisham in the lineup he did make the one great catch over the weekend which should not be discounted uh because defense you know looks saving runs is just as important as driving in runs you just get more chances and we notice it more when, there, when there's a chance to drive in runs and when you're not striking out every other time you come to the plate which in this case is sadly not an exaggeration no. of uh, of grisham based on the stats that i've seen you uh uh, put out there recently, but it seems like we would see a Zocar in center field the next three nights. Uh, I would think a heavy dose of Will, maybe Will Myers, maybe Brandon Drury. Uh, you know, this could be the last time. I, I just thought of this. it. Could be the last time we see Will Myers at Petco Park over these last uh, over these last nine games. If their Padres are not going to play, even if they get in the playoffs, not going to play a home game in the playoffs unless they win the first series. So it is possible that this is the last go-round for Will Myers, and it's uh, it's been quite a roller coaster ride. I think you would say, wouldn't you?
0: It has, and I think it's finishing as well as it could, especially if you consider what they did at the trade deadline. Uh, Will Myers, were he not performing well, would be kind of the Trent Grisham right now, um, right. That- if he was performing like he was the first couple months, but Will Myers, who I, you know, to his credit, uh, is is very candid and said that he wanted to finish strong, that it was not, not only that he wanted to finish strong, duh, but that it was really important to him. And I thought that he was very... Uh, Earnest about that—that he knows the roller coaster it's been, and it has been important to him to be a Padre for this long. It is important to him that he's actually finally on a good team, Uh, and and so he wanted to finish strong, and he is. And I think that's important. And yeah, look, there's a lot, man. You could do a podcast on will Myers' time with the Padres. (laughs) Everything from the team sort of putting too much on him, right? Uh, All the positions he's played, the just the the streakiness, the contract. Here he is, and if you know he's not, he's a guy that you kind of have to root for in in terms of he, he hasn't done any of this on purpose. (laughs) Well, And and what
1: I've always said about guys who sign big contracts is, you know, it's not a one-way deal. Uh, Somebody had to agree to pay Will Myers. I I don't know. What was the 85 million? 83 million. 83 million. I mean, if someone offered me $83 million, I wouldn't say, no, I don't think that that's, you know, the way I want to do it. I'd rather, I'd rather make less so that, Maybe people won't be upset if I fail or something like that. I mean, well, the you know, Will Myers did enough where the Padres thought that they should give him a contract that he deserved that contract. Did he live up to it? No, he didn't. Um, but it's not his fault that he got the money, and it's not really our money. Uh, so I think we can be upset at Will Myers as as fans that look, he wasn't as good as everybody thought he could have been, maybe should have been. But I, I don't know. There's, I think you're right. It's hard not to root for a guy like Myers. He looks like he's a guy who gets it. He's a guy who enjoys the game, uh, takes it for what it is, knows that he's very lucky to be doing this for a living. Has seems to have a really good attitude. You know his opinions on Mexican food, maybe not quite you know what people want to hear or what normal people would think but you can't really hold that against uh look even his somebody. gaff
0: and look he likes andy green he really does but look andy green was charged with shepherding will myers through some things that will myers didn't really want to be shepherded through right, right. like the team stunk. i mean will myers did his best to be a leader um and like but like so whatever and andy green maybe you know uh was trying to push a team a certain team too hard when but even when will myers gets caught on twitch ripping his manager the fans agreed with what he was saying so right. it, <laughs> will myers has actually made it through this whole thing uh, i think uh, fairly well for many of the traits that you mentioned i think people do appreciate what he what he brings
1: and, and gosh that twitch thing feels like it was so long ago and i don't well, was that in 19. That
0: yes went, he's had went, four managers uh, I mean, it's just uh, whatever. He's had uh, five hitting coaches, uh, maybe six. Uh, yeah. It, Will Myers has been here for a while. If you if you think, I mean, he's the longest tenured uh, guy and he's been here since 15. Yeah. Um, and he's the longest tenured by two years. So it's not right. like, you know, right. it's, it's kind of remarkable. Uh, so right. yes, I'm glad that we were able to give him his due. Another guy who uh, deserves his due, I think, is, is Manny Machado. And yes. I noticed that, After was it Thursday night, I wrote about him, and then I wrote about him again Friday. Felt like I wanted to clarify some things. Uh, And then I wrote about him again Sunday uh, in in terms of the uh, most valuable player. I noticed that on Sunday night, a little bit nationally, starting to get some traction. People actually noticed not only what he was doing, oh, and they noticed, oh, there hasn't, there's no one else on his team that is really kind of protected him like the two St. Louis guys have. And the two St. Louis guys are in the, I think it's Arenado's in six something OPS in September and and uh, Goldschmidt's seven something, or maybe it's vice versa in September. While Manny Machado since August 3rd has a 988 OPS, which is tops in the national league. So.
1: Well, and the the other part of the other part of Machado, which I'm not sure we mentioned previously, is you know his slump coincided mostly with the, when he was playing hurt, and you know it would have been easy for some guys, and I'm not saying any of the other guys like Arenado or Goldschmidt or anybody else on the list. There are players in baseball and probably on the Padres who would not have played in the circumstances that Machado played in, and that no doubt hurt his numbers, uh, but. And, and maybe who knows maybe it hurt the team but he was doing what he thought he should do and what he needed to do and he was really he knew that he was the guy this year and that the team was relying on him and and for whatever reasons it worked out where they' were relying on him to carry them and he was he was trying to to do that and and his numbers suffered a few for a few weeks there but since he's been healthy since he's gotten a little bit of of help in the order, at least from a name value, although well, most of those guys haven't done a whole lot uh, until recently. Um, you know, I, I don't think anybody can discount anything that Machado has done or or even overstate done this year. And I know there's there's people out there in that that don't watch this team every day and and think of Machado as the guy that they think they know. And, and I think we were probably guilty of that as well, without watching him every day. But I, I do think that you know I've gained a lot of respect for him as a player, uh, and and as a leader over these uh, over these couple of years that he's been here. I don't quite understand the defensive rankings um, that I saw this that had him knocked down quite a bit this year. There's no question he's made a few more mistakes than we're used to seeing, but he seems to be he still seems to be awfully reliable. Uh, And and it's one reason why I I never try to put too much stock in the in the defensive numbers as much as when you watch a guy every day. Uh, Yes. And I don't know what your thoughts are on that, but it does seem like he's he's been a better defensive player than maybe the metrics have seen. Or maybe that's just someone, you know, maybe that's me being in denial that he really hasn't been as good. Uh, I'm not sure. But it does seem like he's been better than like, I think I saw a tweet. He's like the 29th best third baseman. In baseball, i I just can't, I just can't wrap that.
0: Wrap I don't know what that. metric that was, but that yeah. metric should be shut down. <laughs> I mean, like it was. That's what's funny about these. They're they're such great context givers uh, offensively, the the metrics, but one on their own, it oftentimes, can be misleading. And on defense. I mean, absolutely. I think defensive run saves should probably have a different name to it because from my understanding, some different things go into it. And, and look, Jake Cronenworth and the guys who invented it are the only ones who understand it. Uh, (laughs) But, but, Manny Machado has made more errors, uh, but is that like, are we going on fielding percentage? I I know we're not because there are plays that other guys cannot make. And that includes Nolan Arenado. I am not saying he deserves the gold glove over Nolan Arenado. Nolan Arenado is absolutely amazing. I think that maybe last year or the year before, um, or the year before that maybe Manny did because maybe Nolan Arenado wasn't down and it's absolutely reputation that gives Nolan Arenado. He, Nolan Arenado is like Alabama. He's ranked number one preseason in the gold glove and then yeah. everyone else would have to just you know beat him basically uh, you know head to head and, and you're not going to do that. So um, I, I think that he's incredible. I mean the plays that he makes the, it, absolutely incredible. So I don't know. Um, Look, I am one of those MVP voters. I have not made up my mind. I do think these last nine games are huge. And I do think that Manny Machado going against Urias tomorrow while the while while many of the voters would be watching w- would be a big deal. I, I do.
1: Yeah, no, although I still think it's gonna come down, I think final, you yes. know, what you what the final numbers are and yes, and especially what happens over the next week or so with with Machado and with the Padres. I the mean, Padres. obviously if the if the Padres you know, do what it looks like they're going to do and, and advance to the playoffs and Machado has a good week, then I, that will be a big boost um, to I his think candidacy. that
0: narrative helps him hugely. That, yeah. That that the Padres would get into the playoffs, and would finish strong, and that he would finish strong, and then that would cause everybody to talk about how much he has helped them. And then, look, hey, I'm sorry, Paul Goldschmidt, Nolan is on your team. I'm sorry that the guy behind you is hitting 300 all year. Oh, so. Yeah, I'm not saying I made up my mind, not even close. Look, Arenado's probably the MVP right now, but I haven't begun digging into it, and the season's not over.
1: Yeah, I still don't think Machado will win MVP. I know he won't win Gold Glove. I really could not care any less about an award than a Gold Glove award. I only care a little bit more about the MVP, and and when I say a little bit, it's really a little bit. Um, I, I just don't think that these... I think it's fine if you want to care about awards, but it's so subjective. And, you know, it's it's people, you know, look, you see Machado every day. And and so obviously your opinion is is colored by that, as it should yes. be. People yes. in St. Louis see Arenado and Goldschmidt every day. But you don't see, I mean, and this is the case for everybody else, you don't see Pete Alonso every day and you don't see Austin Riley. Every day. And so there's just, look, you, you take a look at, at at the numbers and you take a look at the teams and you sort of judge if you're judging value and putting that in the in the equation you know it's like the the judge otani situation i mean you can make arguments i think both ways and i i don't think there's any right or wrong uh when it comes down to it
0: and Um, something i've written about is that there is no real definition right for what most valuable player is i like to uh Speaking to what you're speaking of, I like to, you know, if a guy's got like top three MVP finishes, well, that means he probably in most years, like there were people that actually had to think about it, right? That means oh, he was a really good player. Okay, boom. That's what the MVP award means to me.
1: Yeah, so. and I think, right, and I think if you look at top three finishes as a number, a lot of times any of the guys in the top three yes. could have easily been, the, you know, been the winner, so... Uh,
0: but we're talking about almost like in the AL. If I were one a voter over there, you'd be talking about like the best player, right? Like, like which which guy is? Uh, it's just the tawny yeah. argument we've talked about it before versus the Judge argument on a winning team on a losing team. This guy pitches and hits at an incredibly high level. Uh, you know, do we hold that against Aaron Judge? Whereas over here, I do believe the narrative, and especially as it pertains to helping Manny Machado, is the most valuable player. But again. I purposely because of biases, because I think I'm a little bit more aware than a lot of people of the uh, the subconscious biases that seep in. I do not start to really look at this until like the last few days of the season, because my ballot is due the day after the season or after the final games and before the first postseason game. So
1: anyway, well, and the whole question of value, I mean, you can you can be incredibly valuable to your team, even if your team didn't win. Yes, I mean, it, it, I mean that's there's 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 people who think well it's value to a winning team or a losing team. I'm not sure that that you know if you're if you're backing Otani, you know he's he's still really really valuable to the Angels. It's not his fault that the Angels suck, you know, year after year, despite having two generational players on their roster, although one of them's obviously had some injury issues. But enough of that. Padres, Dodgers, and then Padres, White Sox. Uh, we will not do a podcast this weekend, so we'll, we'll jump all the way forward to that. And then hopefully we can, uh, we'll can we get back together on Monday and we'll see where the Padres stand at that point. I mean, we might be talking about a postseason team at that point. We might be talking about a team that's on the ropes. Uh, we might be talking about a team that's on the verge. I mean, it could be, you know, uh, the next six days will tell us a lot and we'll we'll see what happens. But the one thing is it should be fun to watch. It always is Padres Dodgers. I think you noted today the Padres need to average about 38,000 people per game for these nine games to set the franchise record. Uh, So it's probably a little bit less, about 36,000 maybe to get to 3 million if I did the math right, which is a big number. And I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. I would think the Dodger crowds would be big this week. I would think the weekend crowds would be big, especially if the playoffs are on the line. And I don't know what to expect next week. I mean, you would not think that Giants fans would turn out uh, in droves next week to watch you know, the end of a disappointing season and if the Padres have already wrapped it up. But the one thing I don't know, and, and I don't know if you've asked either, is... How many tickets are already out? I mean, most of the attendance is already known at this point because the tickets have been distributed for some time. So that's another thing to keep an eye on. I do think getting to $3 million would be a good thing for the franchise and, and for the fans to be proud of because it's something that only happened the first year of the ballpark and obviously had some help that year with, uh, with the curiosity factor uh, and the- as well.
0: Ticket prices were raised this year. And, and I, yeah, I think that. And uh, next year. And next year. A lot. And, and Jay gets to say that as a season ticket holder. I think that's important to, uh, to note that Jay, I go to every game for free. Um, uh, so Jay does not go all the time for free. So that's, uh, that, that's, he's invested, uh, because he likes to watch will, good baseball. I will say
1: that, I will say there was a little bit that this was the first year where I, like, for renewing for next year, where there was just a little bit of, of hesitation because i i do think uh, i do think they've sort of overstepped a little bit here in interesting the, in, with this and and we'll see what happens i mean i if they keep winning and people keep coming out then obviously they haven't overstepped but we'll see we'll see what happens next year with with tickets and with the prices going up i mean i had no issue whatsoever with the with the prices this year uh since they had not gone up for a while but it was a pretty good another pretty good chunk that uh, was added on you know, for, for, for next year as well. And so we'll see uh, how, if, if that affects, but that's another thing for, and you know I'm gonna say this, that's another thing for you and my replacement to talk about next year.
0: <laughs> on that note, <laughs> thank you everybody.
1: Have a great week.